your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for this Thursday. We are two days away from an Iowa football game taking on Colorado State. This whole week, what we did Monday and Tuesday, we broke down the game. On Monday, we broke it down with LaShawn Daniels, the win over Kent State. On Tuesday, we broke down the analytical version of that game. On Wednesday, which is yesterday, we talked about the press conferences from Kirk Ferentz and some of the players, and also listen to Fran McCaffrey as well. And on today's show, as we do every single Thursday, we are breaking down our opponent, Colorado State, and they do have one of the best players in the nation on their team. So we're going to talk about that and how Iowa can stop them. And just a reminder that on tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down what are the key storylines, what does Iowa need to do to win, and ultimately what are our predictions. It's going to be a lot of fun this week. And a reminder that next Monday we will have LaShawn Daniels back to break down what should be a win over Colorado State. This is also just a reminder that if you want to get more information and news on the Big Ten Conference, there is no better place to get all the news in the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson in the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. All right, y'all, let's get into it, though. Colorado State, a team that should be an easy win on paper. And until they played Toledo, it looked like this might be an absolute blowout. Toledo? That game against Toledo definitely was an interesting one. I put money on Toledo. I thought Toledo was going to absolutely smoke Colorado State, and that did not happen. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Colorado State had a good game plan against Toledo. But what is interesting about all of this is the fact that both these teams have been inconsistent. So when you look at Toledo's football team, right, they almost beat Notre Dame. Now, I think the important thing to know is that Wins and losses are not transitive, right? This is not transitive property. A Notre Dame winning one game does not mean that a team that beat Notre Dame can win that same game. But when you look at Toledo, they beat Norfolk, they lost to Notre Dame 32-29, and they lost to Colorado State 22-6. to Now, when you look at Colorado State, you can also say, what have they actually done? They lost to a pretty good FCS team in South Dakota State. They lost to a very bad team in Vanderbilt, and they beat Toledo 22-6. to so really what I'm trying to tell you is we don't actually know what to expect. These teams, it's not transitive property from week to week. Teams are still figuring themselves out. Iowa beat Indiana by more than they beat Kent State. Does that mean Indiana is a worse team than Kent State? No. The game plan was different. How Iowa went about those games were different. What Iowa was trying to do was different. Now that we're four ga- through almost four games in the season, once we get past this week, you can start looking at trends of these teams because the teams they're playing are starting to be a little bit more consistent. But early on in the season, it is important to note, you have to take some of these statistics with a grain of salt because it also depends on the competition. We don't know what to expect from some of these teams. Now, I'm, tr- I'm not going to hate on Iowa's ranking, but is Indiana going to be a top 25 team by the end of the year? I don't think so. They have a really tough schedule. They might be a top 25 talented team, but they have a very tough schedule, so it might not be the case. But beating a top 25 team the first week of the season certainly helped Iowa jump up a bit. Notre Dame, always overranked or overrated for the most part. That looks good for Toledo almost beating a Notre Dame team. But do you all remember that Notre Dame almost lost to Florida State 
and Florida State lost to Jacksonville State. I mean, when you start doing these comparisons, it's easy to get lost in a whirlwind of what teams have did what against what. Now, when I look at this on paper, though, what I love about this matchup is the fact that Colorado State does a lot of similar things to Big Ten teams without the Big Ten athletes. And why that's important is this should be an opportunity for Iowa to see something that is pretty familiar to them and take advantage of it. So let's get into Colorado State and what they do and why it is so familiar for Iowa football fans and Big Ten fans. First off, offensively, Colorado State likes to run a lot of 12, 13, and 14 personnel. Now what that means, you take those numbers. The first number is the running back. The second number is the number of tight ends. So 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends, one wide receiver, and 14 personnel, one running back, four tight ends. Iowa does a lot of these things, right? Iowa runs a lot of 12 and a lot of 13. We don't typically see a lot of, I don't think we've actually seen any 14 this year. I, I got to go back and look at the tape, but a lot of 12 and a lot of 13 from Iowa. That is very similar. Something they are used to then because Colorado State does it. Iowa does it very similar. Defensively, this is the first thing we're playing that doesn't run one of the new age defenses. They run a 4-3 defense. It's one of the reasons why they did such a good job against Toledo stopping the run. But again, going back to it, they have not been stopping the run that well the entire season. That game against Toledo was definitely their best game, but it hasn't been that way the entire season. So when you look at this, this team, this Colorado State team, it's a Jekyll, a Jekyll and Hyde act. They have some really good days, and they have some really bad days. This is the team that hasn't put it all together, and they're relatively inconsistent across the board. But one thing I can tell you, they have a phenomenal defensive or a phenomenal tight end and a pretty solid defense all around. All right, that's the important thing to know here. They have a pretty solid defense all around, and that will make this a good challenge for an Iowa offense that is trying to continue to find its identity. After three games, we're not sure what to expect from this Iowa offense. We've seen some really nice plays. We've seen some pretty bad plays. We've seen some bad throws. We've seen a lot of drops and minimal explosive plays unless they're going to Charlie Jones, essentially. So that'll be really interesting to see what happens in this game. So again, about Kent State. One and two, they lost the South Dakota Jackrabbits 42 to 23. They lost to Vanderbilt 24 to 21. Vanderbilt, not a good team ever. Toledo, they beat 22 to six. That game had a spread over two touchdowns. I bet on Toledo to win that game by two touchdowns. Clearly, I was in the wrong there. That was not fun. But overall, my betting weekend was very good. Again, wins and losses, not transitive. But what can we take about this offense? Well, first off, they're led by Todd Sencio a quarterback who has done a pretty good job of, of not getting a lot, of, not forcing a lot of turnovers this year, only one interception to this point. He can run the ball, but he doesn't choose to a lot. Three scrambles per game, only nine scrambles at this point. And he's really been hurt by the lack of wide receivers he has. And it sounds like one of those wide receivers might actually be injured going into this game, which will be huge for the Iowa Hawkeyes, because really the only guy they have to worry about at this point is the tight end. And this tight end, You've probably heard a little bit about him. Kirk talked about him. I mean, this guy is an absolute beast. I I love, first of all, I love the NFL draft. This guy is a guy who I've been very aware of for a little bit of time. All right. So Dante Wright, let's get to him first. A wide receiver. To this point, the only other guy with double-digit receptions on this entire Colorado State team has 145 yards on 10 touchdowns or 10 catches. Um, sounds like he might be out of this contest. We haven't exactly heard yet on that. 
But Trey McBride, again, he is a first-round tight end prospect. This guy has posted a 90.2 grade at this point for his whole season. That is impressive. He has 30 catches, 339 yards, and one touchdown. He's six foot four, 260 pounds. This is a behemoth of a man. He is the guy who gets the ball the most, okay? 42 of 103 targets this year have gone to Trey McBride. 343 out of 684 total yards have gone to Trey McBride. What I'm trying to tell you is we have to stop Trey McBride. That is the bread and butter of this offense. That is their focal point of this offense. And outside of him, there's not a lot. And the fact they are missing their number one wide receiver on top of that, or potentially are, that is going to make it even more difficult. Just to give you some idea of how bad this wide receiver group is, Todd Sancio, his completion percentage would be around 75% if it wasn't for so many freaking drops. 10 drops through three games. It's a 14.1% rate, which is not good. Also worth noting, Todd Sancio has had eight batted passes at the line of scrimmage. And why that's important, Iowa's linemen are taught if they cannot get to the quarterback, you watch the quarterback's eyes and you get up and you get in passing lanes. That interception against Iowa State, where I believe it was Seth Benson that picked it off. Could be, could be Matt Hankins there. Could be wrong on that. Either way, what happened was Joe Evans couldn't get to the passer, was watching the passer, Brock Purdy, and jumped up and deflected it, caused an interception. Iowa's defense swarms to the football, and this is a great opportunity for them to get to the football and get a few more interceptions because of how often Todd Sancio is throwing passes that are relatively low to the ground, getting batted down at the line of scrimmage. I'm going to continue talking about Todd and this offense here in a second. I do want to tell you, though, about our sponsors of the show today, rockauto.com. You've heard me talk about rockauto.com. It is the best place to get all of your car and auto part needs. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer. Just go to rockauto.com. You'll save some money and you'll save some time and it'll be delivered directly to your door. I went to rockauto.com. I bought two engineer filters, saved me $50, took me less than five minutes and was delivered directly to my door. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, y'all, before we took a break, we were talking about Colorado State's passing game. And again, Trey McBride is the main guy. We're going to talk about how to cover him in just a second. But Todd Sancio, he's the guy who's playing quarterback, and he has had an up-and-down season to this point. Not exactly a guy to write home about in terms of consistency. And I'll explain why here in a second. I'm actually pulling up his game logs for this week I think, or this season because I think it is important to note just how inconsistent he has been to this point. But again, we talked about the batted passes, eight batted passes. That's over to a game. And again, Iowa does such a good job of getting their hands up. This is an opportunity for them to bat down the football and put the ball up in the air, deflect it for some of the other defenders to pick it off. Now, Todd Sencio against South Dakota State threw for 304 yards, had a 69% completion percentage. One touchdown against Vanderbilt, 52.6% completion percentage, two touchdowns, one interception against Toledo, only 11 completions, a 40.7% completion percentage, 110 yards. 
He did rush for 62 yards. Against Vanderbilt, he rushed for 75 yards. This is the guy who can get, can be dangerous out of the pocket, but we also saw that with Dustin Crum, another guy who can be dangerous out of the pocket. Iowa has shown they can stop them, and it comes down to Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell, there's a couple times where Dustin Crum was scrambling. Jack Campbell was able to track him down, sideline to sideline, and take him down. In the past couple of years, we haven't had those kind of guys, and so scrambling quarterbacks have burnt us in the past, but I feel a little bit more confident going into this game with Jack Campbell at that linebacker spot. So again, there's opportunities here. Colorado State, not the best pass-catching team. Todd Sentio, not getting the ball above his linemen as often as you would want. Also, these offensive linemen, not very good. In pass blocking, their rating is 57.9. They've allowed 33 pressures through three games and allowed five sacks. Barry Wesley, one of their tackles, and Cam Reddy, one of their, their center, they're the only guys who have a grade over 54.4. Just a reminder, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, what that means, really anything over 65 is pretty solid. Anything over 75 is really good. 65 to 45 is not very good at all. And below 45 is just atrocious, okay? Again, only two guys above 54.4. Not ideal. Run blocking. Only one guy who has a grade above 63. This is a team, again, that lines up in a lot of 12, 13, and 14 personnel. Their focal point of their offense is Trey McBride. They lost their top wide receiver. Their quarterback has some inadequacies and has been struggling as of late. Their wide receivers can't catch the ball. This is a Colorado State team that, yes, they beat Toledo. Good win for them, right? That was a very, very weird game. Some weird field position. A lot of field goals. A lot, a lot of field goals, I should add. I believe five to be exact. Only one touchdown in the game. A lot of field goals. So their special teams are pretty good, but a lot of field goals. Not move the ball overly well. They do like to stay on the ground a lot. The running back is a big time running back. And by that, I mean, he's big. He's a big running back. Okay. When I look at his stats, David Bailey averaging four yards per carry on 65 attempts, only one fumble, only two runs over 15 yards. Not very explosive, but again, a big guy who doesn't go down in the first hit. Iowa's had some tackling issues the first three games of the season. This guy has 3.2 yards per attempt after contact. He's getting hit almost instantly every time he gets the ball, and he's still going three yards further. That's impressive. Now, when you look at this team, where they're getting most of their their big runs at is to the right side. Okay? 23 attempts, 150 yards for a 6.7 yard per average. Everything on the right side, they have an average over 4.9 yards. Why that's important? Everything on the left side has been under 3.8 yards. Now, that does not mean they're not going to go to the left side, but it means they have some struggles there on the left side. So what that means is our defense vends, they're going to be busy, especially on that right side. That's going to be important for our defense vends to be maintaining and setting the edge there. Also, given the fact that they do go a lot of 12, 13, and 14 personnel, it'll be interesting to see how often does Dane Belton actually play in this game. That snap count is going to be something I really want to see at the end of this, this matchup. Justin Jacobs has come on so strong as of late, and especially given the fact that Trey McBride is such a good line or such a good tight end, I expect to see a significant amount of 
or at least a significant amount of Justin Jacobs. As we talked about on Tuesday, Justin Jacobs has done a really good job of coming in on passing downs. What they've been doing is is actually subbing Seth Benson out on passing downs and putting Justin Jacobs in, and he has done a phenomenal job at covering wide, wide receivers and tight ends, mostly tight ends at this, this point. When you look at those grades, Justin Jacobs has put together a pretty impressive grade to this point in terms of coverage. He has the third highest coverage grade on the team, 81.9. That's pretty darn good, especially for a linebacker. He's doing exactly what we want, and this is the matchup he is going to want. Now, granted, he has allowed seven, six catches on seven targets, but only 31 yards, the long of nine. He's done a phenomenal job, and this is going to be a big test for him as they like to target Trey McBride. Again, you stop Trey McBride. I think what honestly Iowa has to do is they have to load the box. You force Colorado State to throw. You bracket Trey McBride. So you have Justin Jacobs on him, and you have a guy over top that doesn't let him go anywhere either. I think you win this game pretty easy. I think this defense will be able to shut down this offense. But again, Trey McBride is going to be the go-to guy for this Colorado State offense. Going back to that running game, I'm kind of jumping around here. The last thing I want to know is that, again, they've done a good job after the contact. They have forced 28 missed tackles in three games. That is a disadvantage for Iowa, a team that has struggled to tackle too far, to this point. All right, So that is going to be a concern for me. But overall, this offense does not scare me. They don't give the ball away a ton. Only 43rd in the nation with one a game. But still, I think the fact that they have a lot of batted balls, they're missing their top wide receiver. Iowa has a linebacker who can cover a Trey McBride or at least do a better job than what they've had to this point covering Trey McBride. And Iowa's defensive line is really turning up the pressure as of late, especially against a bad offensive line. This is just a recipe for a disaster. This is a really good opportunity for Iowa's defensive line to feast. Now, I've talked about this a lot. I think this is going to be a blowout win for Iowa. I did not expect a blowout win against Kent State. I thought maybe they would turn it on towards the end, but I think this is going to be from start to finish a big-time win. When you get a game against Kent State with a lot closer than what the score said, all right, if Justin Jacobs doesn't force that fumble at the goal line, we're looking at a one-score game against Kent State late in the game. Iowa's ready to go. They need to have everything firing on all cylinders, and they will. I, I, I'm actually pretty sure about that, especially given the fact that after we talked about Kirk Ferentz's press conference, he said this team has practiced very, very well. This offense has practiced very, very well. The issue of this team has been the offense to this point. Defense has not been an issue. Now, against a team like Colorado State, where I feel like this defense can feast, all we need is the offense to do a little better. And this offense is set for a big-time day. We're going to talk about that on segment three as we get into the defensive rankings of Colorado State. A pretty solid defensive team nonetheless. But here's why I think Iowa will be able to do just fine against them. We're going to talk about all that here in just a few moments. I do want to tell you, though, about Sweatblock. I have had issues with massive perspiration. That's why I used to wear a lot of hoodies. It's why I changed different color shirts. I didn't wear a lot of gray for a long time because I was so worried about sweating through my pits. Well, now I got sweat block and sweat block is absolutely amazing. I use their antiperspirant wipes and it has literally made my life so much easier. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based off which will hide sweat better. If you or someone you know 
is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com or go to Amazon at CVS. If you go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. Again, get 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or go to Amazon or CVS. And we are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today and get a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts all right y'all pulling up my notes now for defense again i think iowa's defense is going to have a pretty good day against colorado state's offense now when you look at colorado state's defense this is their strength of their team they play a 4-3 defense they are good at stopping the runner have been to this point but i think there's some opportunities there their top three corners are allowing a 62 percent completion percentage marshawn cameron who has played 181 snaps has posted a 36.9 coverage rating according to pff and overall, all their defensive bats are allowing a 68% completion percentage and allow nearly 10.4 yards per reception. And nearly 50% of the yards have been gained after the catch. So for a team like Iowa, who the last couple of weeks have really kept it, kept it horizontal at this point, this is an opportunity to work the intermediate part of the field and get yard after the catch opportunities, especially for a guy like Tyrone Tracy Jr., whose yak ability is fantastic. Tyrone Tracy Jr. with the ball in his hands and the open field is second to none, in my opinion, especially on this Iowa football team. This team is also 80th in forced turnovers. They have not created a lot of turnovers. For a team like Iowa, who's done a pretty good job at this point of keeping the ball on their side, right? Spencer Petrus has thrown no interceptions to this point. We've had four fumbles, three by Ivory Kelly Martin and one by Tyler Goodson, two in the first game, two in this last game. This is an opportunity for Iowa to take some shots and really start expanding the confidence of this team as they begin to take a few more deep shots, throw the ball to the intermediate part of the field a little bit more. All right. This pass rush can be a little bit scary. I didn't believe this number when I looked at it, but 71 pressures, 10 sacks, 14 hits, 47 hurries from this defensive line. They are posting an 87.6 pass rush grade. So this Iowa offensive line is certainly going to need to figure it out pretty quickly. They've been pretty good to this point, but it's been inconsistent. We haven't had one game where Iowa has just done outstanding the entire time. That is concerning. One guy steps up, another guy goes backwards. Another guy steps up, another guy goes backwards. It just hasn't been that way to this point for Iowa. This is the time for them to figure it all out. They'll have Kyler shot back, again, for probably 20 to 25 snaps. Their freshman, you know, Connor Colby has done really good to this point, but this will be an opportunity for him as well. He's been playing quite a few downs to this point. Mason Richmond has been getting a lot of snaps. Justin Britt has been phenomenal in, in, you know, run blocking. But when you look at some of these teams that they have faced, they have not faced that many good run blocking teams to this point. Vanderbilt is supposed to a 60.4 run blocking grade. Not exactly what you want to write home about. Toledo posted a 56.3 run blocking grade. So again, or sorry, I should be looking at pass blocking, shouldn't I? So Toledo, looking at their pass blocking, 
31.8. All right, pretty darn bad. Vanderbilt, 37.5. That is not good. So the teams that Colorado State has faced are also not very good at pass blocking. This is an opportunity. I think Iowa's offensive line will have it together. They're still figuring out those rotations, figuring out what guys work well together. I don't think they'll have a problem with that, to be completely honest. I just don't. The one guy Iowa has to watch out for on defense, though, is Daquan Jackson. He's their main guy uh, playing the linebacker spot. Really a good roamer. And then rushing defense. Again, Colorado State does a good job of stopping the run and really emphasizing run defense. They've only allowed 1.9 yards per carry to this point. This is interesting for an Iowa running attack that needs to get going. They got going against a very weak Kent State team. You need this run attack to get going, though, for Spencer Petras to utilize that play action a little bit easier. Otherwise, teams are just selling out on the run. And I expect Colorado State to have a similar game plan to Iowa. Sell out on the run, force them to pass, and stop their star tight end, Trey McBride, Sam Laporta. So that'll be really interesting to see as well. Now, the only thing I want to add here is the special teams is going to be a fun day. Ryan Stonehouse has the number one grade on PFF. That's the punter for Colorado State. He's averaging 51.9 yards per punt on 16 punts. He has a long of 81, and his hang time is 4.28. So he gives his coverage team a lot of time to get down there. We talked about their kicker earlier. Made five field goals, which was the difference in that game against Toledo. Special teams will be interesting, but I don't think in a, in a game like this where Iowa's offense should dominate or at least be better, or have an advantage, and Iowa's defense should dominate. Special teams is not going to be as big of a concern, but that will be a lot of fun. As we all know, punting is winning. Iowa loves punting. Iowa loves special teams, so that should be a lot of fun to watch that. The only other thing I want to make a note of is that Colorado State has been sloppy at times as well, 121st in penalties per game at nine. For reference, Iowa's 27th with five. That's a big difference. If those are big penalties, right, that could be a swing of 60 yards a game. So it's going to be a very interesting game. I think Iowa has advantages across the board. Even where Colorado State has strengths at, I can find some deficiencies just based off of who they played and the teams they played against. So that'll be really interesting. And as we get into tomorrow's conversation, I'll be breaking down what all this means, what are the storylines going into that game. But this is just a little bit about Colorado State to give you some information as we get into that game in less than 48 hours. So very excited about that. I do want to remind you as we are closing out the show to check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts at. And that will do it for our show today. I appreciate you all tuning in to this Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Just a reminder, we are here free Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast at. Again, have a fantastic Thursday, Hawkeye Nation. And as always, let's go Hawks.